Oh, stop. Stop it. Stop. Thank you very much. Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic episode of Exploration Marriage. We are excited to be recording this podcast tonight. And uh, again, you've got Kenny and Kinsey. And uh, we have quite the, uh, the show lined up for you tonight. Um, tonight's topic of conversation, just to kind of give you an idea of what you're going to be listening to, is going to be all about identifying strengths and weaknesses in marriages. And these are going to be the major strengths and weaknesses, kind of the, uh, the top of those uh, strengths and weaknesses. The top tier, if you will. Top tier. Um, so that is going to be the topic of conversation. But first, before we do that, I want to go ahead and plug our social media just in case you're trying to find us out there in the world. Uh, first, you can find us on Twitter at ExplorationMar1. Again, that is ExplorationMar1 on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a page, uh, Exploration Marriage. If you just search that, it should bring you to our page. And uh, you can connect with us there. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, um, we encourage you guys to actively participate in conversations, You know, share messages, talk to us, let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you like about the show. Um, you can also find us on Patreon if you're feeling especially... Um, What's the word? Charitable generous. <laughs> or generous. Uh, you can find us on Patreon as well at Exploration Marriage. Um, you can subscribe to one of the tiers, uh, one of the monthly tiers, and that will help support the show. Uh, everything that we're doing here uh, in our home studio and we'll uh, we'll be uploading some content uh, in between shows and things that only subscribers to Patreon are going to have access to at this point. So um, without further ado. I, what, what we're going to do, Kenzie and I kind of thought over this, this past week after we did our first episode, which you can go and find on all the major podcast hosting services, uh, episode one, which is conversations you should have before walking down the aisle. And, um, what Kenzie and I decided we wanted to do differently this time is we wanted to kind of kick off this episode by kind of doing a, a couple's questionnaire, if you will, kind of a get to know you kind of thing. Um, and hopefully it's it's entertaining for you. I think it's it's going to be pretty entertaining for us as well. Yeah, just so you guys can get to know your hosts. Get to know better. your hosts a little bit better. Um, I do want to say, you know, thank you for joining us, all of the all of you who are listening to these podcasts. Uh, we we definitely appreciate it. All the support that we get is is uh, is just truly outstanding. I think we've had some really, really positive reviews um, since we've laid out that first show. And uh, I just want to say, look, this is a great thing that we're trying to do. Kenzie and I are very highly interested in helping people who may or who, who may be struggling in their marriage, but also those who are looking to just, like I've, I've said before, perform, perform a little bit of preventative maintenance in their marriage. It's never a bad time to start working on your marriage. And this is a good place to, to help you do that. Yep, just so, some extra tools in your toolkit. Extra tools in your toolkit, and that never hurts. Absolutely. So, Kenzie, um, I think let's just let's get into the questionnaire. Why don't you just go ahead and kick it off for us? All right. What is the most embarrassing thing you have ever worn? The most embarrassing thing I have ever worn. Yeah. Man. Um, I don't think there's really anything in my adult life mm -hmm. that would qualify. As far as I can re recall or remember right now, but I think the one thing I uh, I do recall 
is my parents used to dress me up as Santa Claus when I was a baby. Apparently, I was a fat kid, a baby, excuse me, fat baby, chubby baby, however you want to say it. Um, they would dress me up as Santa Claus. And apparently, I, I absolutely hated the outfit. I would cry all the time. Um, Don't babies do that anyway? Yeah, but I think it was, I was especially cross when they would put me in, in the Santa Claus outfit. You don't have anything from like middle school or high school? It, it's kind of tough to kind of think of that off the top of the head. I, I can't really rem- I, Well, I'll say this. Okay, mm-hmm. so for all of my school photos, you know, my, my dad would not let me just wear like a plain t-shirt and jeans. He wanted me to dress up. Mm-hmm. So in some of the yearbooks, especially in the younger years, you'll find me in like a bow tie. <laughs> I was that kid, you know. <laughs> so... Um, I'll count that. I, I had a cowlick. <laughs> I had a real goofy cowlick too. And for those of you who have seen the little rascals, um, and are familiar with alpha alpha, um, uh, I'm slowly raising my <laughs> hand here. Cause that was me. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, as far as embarrassment goes, I, I think that that really kind of hits the mark, right? Yeah. I'd say that definitely counts. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, so first question I have for you is if you won a multi-million dollar lottery and I almost stu- stumbled over multi-million, uh, if you won a multi-million dollar lottery, what would you do with the money? This is a tough question. Um, definitely pay off any debts. Mm-hmm. Probably... I know I'd end up shelling some out to family, <laughs> but um, buying a house somewhere so that it's already paid off, have a car that's paid off, make sure money is set aside for all of our children's college funds if they desire to do that. What um, about what about frivolous expenditures? I mean, that all of what you're saying right I there mean, is extremely honorable. What would you f- spend that money on frivolously? I the only thing would maybe be traveling. Traveling. That'd be like the only non like substantial thing that I would spend it on. That sounds good. I mean, uh, like I said, that's <laughs> most of those answers are absolutely <laughs> noble. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you a little round of applause Thank there, you, you know, Thank from you. people in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, well, I mean, just who I am that's just who you are and (laughs) that's what I love about you so what's your next question um what is the most useless talent that you have oh man most useless (laughs) talent you gotta have one I, I, I probably have one somewhere um what's the useless talent oh man uh I don't know I mean I'll tell you mine while you think of one. Okay, go ahead. I have like this gift to message people like exactly when they're done doing something. Or like I can, I don't know, I can just like gauge it perfectly to when they're leaving somewhere. And it's totally random and definitely does not need to be used for anything. But I can do it. 
I guess that I guess that is a talent, and it's quite useful. Um, <laughs> it's not useful. I guess the the most useless talent I have is like some very rudimentary card tricks, like like magic. <laughs> there was a time in my life where I I was interested in in being a an illusionist, <laughs> and the only illusion was was me ever getting good at doing it. So. <laughs> The most useless, uh, the most useless talent that I have is, is some very simple <laughs> card tricks where, you know, you like palm the card and like, Oh, peekaboo, it's not there. You know, oh, it's so not nice. even that, it's not even that good. Like I, I'm not even impressed. So uh, <laughs> that's it. You're really exposing me here. Okay. Um, on a more serious note. I think we just need to have some serious questions in here. So on a more serious note, what superpower oh. <laughs> do you wish that you had? Um, I don't know. I've, I've changed this up a lot because I think teleport, teleport, oh my gosh. Teleportation. Tele, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, would be very useful. Okay. But I feel like that would also just make things such a hassle too. Why? Why would it make it a hassle? It seems like it would make it things well, a lot easier. Well, but if I could only teleport myself, it's like, well, I'm going on vacation. See you later. See, now that's a whole different conversation <laughs> that we don't need to get into right now because if you're talking about, if you're talking about, you know, a superpower, which mm-hmm. is already, you know, breaching the, uh, the mythological or right. supernatural type of powers, you know, you could literally, you know, whoever or whatever you're touching, you could take it with you. So um, then you wouldn't even, you, you don't, know, I don't even know the rules of teleportation and that's why I don't think there are rules. I think that's the point. <laughs> no. The point is we don't know. So yeah. teleportation that, that would or be reading minds, but have the ability to turn it off and on. Okay. That's see, that's smart because if you're just walking around, you can read everybody's yeah, thoughts. No, I think it'd be pretty aggravating. Yeah. No, I'd like to be able to, I mean, if we're already going past the rules, I'd make it to where I could turn it off and on so I could specifically read a person's mind. A, a clairvoyant or like a, what is that? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's really <laughs> cool. Um, I'm not going to use words. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> Uh, yeah, reading minds, the ability to turn it on and off. I like that. That's good. Do you have one? For me, uh, as far as superpowers are concerned, I, I really like teleportation because you can you can oh, you, you can do some mind. great things with that. But I'm not going to go with that. Oh. I'm going to go with the ever the the well loved superpower of flight. I, I would it. love to be able to fly, <laughs> just to stand out in front of your house and just you know take off like Superman and fly through the sky and. I, it may be fun, you know, I, I don't know. That's the superpower I'd want to be able to fly. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty typical one. It is very typical. And I, I don't, I'm not necessarily ashamed that it's very typical. I think, I think it's typical for a reason because it, it would be one of the more fun ones besides teleportation. Yeah, I can see that. I, I certainly don't want to read people's minds. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be very interesting. Get a lot of truth out. I think so. All right. So what's, what's your next question? Um, what is the most terrible movie that you love? The most terrible movie that I love. Uh-huh. Mm-mm-mm. 
terrible. There are a lot of terrible movies out there, <laughs> and I'm sure. You couldn't have forewarned me about this. <laughs> no, on the spot. Uh, that's not nice. Uh, <laughs> terrible movie that I love. Let's see. Do, do, do. Just really dumb movie. But you think it's hysterical. Really dumb movie, and I think it's hysterical. I'm really racking my brain here <laughs> and I'm coming up. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I will tell you like my, my all time favorite movie is Apollo 13. But that's not even close to a terrible movie. I'm glad you agree. It's not a terrible movie, but yes, <laughs> no, I terrible movie. That's just like a bad movie or highly looked down upon movie. Guilty pleasure movie. Guilty pleasure. Nothing. I, that that's really tough. I mean, what other people consider to be bad, I might. I mean, that this is the reason you're asking that question. Yeah. I don't know if other people consider what those movies to be bad. Okay. I guess I'll give you a pass on this one. Just ask me. Ask me a different question. <laughs> that um, one's too weird. What is the dumbest way you have been injured? Oh, this is a great one. Dumbest way I've been <laughs> injured. So back when I was, um, back when I was a lot younger, uh, oh, and I was a kid back in the day, Yeah, way back in the day, uh, throwback to the mid nineties. <laughs> um, I used to be part of a, a, a bike gang with some local oh, neighborhood yeah. kids. Yeah. We would terrorize our neighborhood, you know, riding <laughs> our bikes all over the place. And we used to, you know, we all wanted to be like, BMX stars and like pro skateboarders and stuff, you know, so we weren't, we weren't, we weren't really, um, smart when it came to some of the activities that we did. And there was one, I remember in this cul-de-sac that we lived in, there was this one curb that was just perfect for, you know, riding your bike up and it was like a ramp. You could catch Mm -hmm. some air if you really were going fast enough. And I remember the day specifically because, you know, all the kids were outside, you know, we were all playing, we were yelling and it was getting on some of the parents in the neighborhood's nerves. And I, th- I, I think it might've been my dad that came outside and was like, Hey, you guys need to quit yelling, you know, no, no yelling, no screaming, you know, kind of stuff. Right. And, um, so we tried not to, you know, we were riding our bikes around. And so there, you know, in a line, we were all trying to jump this curb. And I was, I don't know what place it was in line. I was probably in the last place because nobody else did it after me, but I jumped this curb and I, you know, it was a sweet jump, sweet jump. Mm -hmm. And I landed it, but I landed it at the wrong angle and I was heading straight towards a fire hydrant, which the front of my bike met that fire hydrant (laughs) and physics took over Mm -hmm. and my inertia caused me to be thrown from the bike (laughs) And do like a complete front flip over the fire hydrant. And I landed on my back. So needless to say, you know, we were all screaming and yelling again after that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I only started screaming and yelling after I was able to, you know, get air back in my lungs because right. it knocked the wind out of me. But yeah, that was the dumbest way I think I've ever been injured. <laughs> That's a pretty good way. What about you? Um, the only thing I can think of is when I was in fifth grade and we were doing track day and it was still really cold outside. 
and there was ice on the ground. And I had just done my high jump, and I was walking back to get in line, and I slipped on the ice, and I bruised my tailbone. I could not walk, and for like three days, I was just in, like, I could not walk. It hurt oh, so that's, bad. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> and now that you said that, it brought a couple other things to mind, which I'm not going to go into detail, but one of them was a rollerblading accident. <laughs> where I, I busted it and I, I hit my keister and just like you, it was really tough to yeah. walk after that. I probably did some damage, but my pride was like, just walk it off. Don't say anything. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I, so that was in gym class. And then we had to go back to our regular classroom and I was like way behind everyone else in line. I was like 30 feet behind everybody walking, like just as slow as possible. <laughs> like I did not want to move. And so my teacher's like, do you need to go home? I was like, yeah, I think I need to go to the doctor. <laughs> and I was like, I think I broke my butt bone. <laughs> so oh, my goodness. My dad came and picked me up and took me to the doctor's office. And they were like, um, we could do an x-ray, but it's kind of pointless because we couldn't do anything anyway. Yeah, that's the that's like the one part of your body. Yeah. Doctor's <laughs> like, yeah, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, you know? that and your toes. Yeah, you bust it, there's nothing. Yeah, she's like, it could be hairline fractured or just really bad bruised, but there's not really anything we can do. She's like, just sit on a pillow. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. That is, that's extremely rough. Yeah. Uh, I think I've got time for just one more question real quick. Okay. And um, we'll keep it simple because, as you know, I am a, I'm an avid oh. lover of candles. Oh, yeah. Right? So... For me, I have a wide array of smells that I enjoy as far as candles go. Uh-huh. And let's keep it to candles. Okay. Okay. Because I don't want us going to anything <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Okay. But um, for you, my question is, what is your favorite smell? Favorite smell of candle? Yes. Fragrance. Um, probably just that vanilla one we have. I, I'm not a candle person. I know you're not much of a candle person and that's why it's kind of difficult because there are candles that I like, especially for the autumn and fall season. Cinnamon. No. Yeah. It's like, Off. like the, the apple, it, it's almost, it's almost kind of like the, the white girl thing. It's almost the pumpkin spice kind of, kind of deal, but it smells really good. You know, it smells like no. a home, home baked apple pie. No, straight migraine for me. Yeah. So you can keep it to the vanilla and that's, that's but the one that we, yeah, the one that we have now, the one that we're burning in like three different rooms, yeah, <laughs> the creamy vanilla. it's the same one. Yeah. It's like a, it's a vanilla scented candle, but it's probably one of the better vanilla scented candles that I've smelled in a long time. Yeah. I'm, I'm not usually a big lover oh, of vanilla. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, this one, this one does smell really good. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm going to wrap this up. I don't want to take too much more time. I mean, okay. to ask questions, I think we can do this, um, do this again for another show. Yeah. If there's any questions you guys want us to ask or you want to know about us, just yeah. let us know. Anything you want to, anything you want to know about us within reason, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to answer crazy. those questions uh, for you. And, and listen, this is a great thing for you and your spouse to do together. Uh, I know a lot of people, they come home at the end of the day, they've worked a long day, they want to sit down and relax, they kind of want to turn off the mind, they don't want to think about things. Right as you lay down for bed. Yeah, right as your, you know, your your brain is shutting off as you're going to sleep. Um, But this is a great thing, you know, to do with your spouse. I mean, there are things I'm learning about Kenzie every single day. And, you know, we've, we've been married for a while. Um, So here, you know, 
if when you sit down with your spouse and you, you know, you just ask random questions, they don't all have to be serious questions, but you ask them goofy things. You, you find out more information about them and it kind of helps build up that marriage a little bit more. It, it brings you together. Yeah. You definitely get to know that person's personality just a little bit more. Absolutely. So, um, we're going to go ahead and transition into the main topic today, which again is identifying strengths and weaknesses in marriage in marriages. Um, and again, these are going to be the top tier strengths um, and weaknesses that we've been able to identify as being some of the more major proponents of a marriage, right? Right. And I think I'd like to start it off with definitely this is why you guys should be listening to us. We want to try and help you work through your marriage or even if you're not struggling, but just encourage working together through that and there's a lot of divorces going on right now. And I'd right now it's about 39% of marriages in the U.S. end in divorce. Yeah, 39% of marriages within the U.S. currently as of 2018. And uh, I believe that, you know, as time goes on and the Census Bureau does their things, they're going to, they're gonna, you know, build those stats up a little bit more. Um, one of the common myths that you'll hear even today is that 50% of marriages in a divorce. And that's not true. That's that number has actually declined over the years. And that is due to millennials who are actually staying together longer or staying in relationships or more committed to one another uh, than, than previous generations have been. Right. So um, just so we can identify what are the three biggest causes of divorce in the United States, Ken's. Uh, The first one is problems with money. And that's definitely one we hit on last episode is finances. Always going to be a big stressor. So if you can be on the same page financially, then that will definitely help save your marriage. Absolutely. Again, open and honest communication about finances is an absolute must. Um, it's pretty obvious, you know, when, when you're talking about finances in a marriage. Um, and, and if you go back and listen to our first episode, we kind of dive a little bit deeper into some of the intricacies about finances in marriage. Right. What's what's number two? Infidelity and affairs. So we want to encourage you guys to work on your marriage and to find the attraction between you two in order to avoid any sort of infidelity. Right. Cheating, uh, infidelity doesn't doesn't just happen overnight, right? It it happens over a process of time, and a lot of times that starts with a falling out of affection with your spouse. Right. It's not necessarily a physical falling out, but maybe there's a disconnect somewhere. Maybe somebody else is paying more attention to your wants and needs than your spouse is, and so you're forming an emotional attachment, and that causes you to kind of pull away and stray from the marriage, and that can cause some serious issues. Um, and while we're talking about, you know, infidelity, let's talk about pornography real quick, because that is infidelity. that's infidelity all the way. Right. And we want to be absolutely clear that, you know, we're not, we're not saying this in judgment, but we are saying that pornography is not a way to, to bolster anything in your marriage. It, it's a hindrance and it causes unrealistic expectations in a marriage. And it, and that and it alone in and of itself can destroy a marriage. I agree. So what's number three? Number three is issues with sex. If the sex is unfulfilling in the relationship, that's also going to cause people to stray. 
Absolutely. Um, unfulfilling relationships uh, in the bedroom, you know, sexual relationships between a man and wife in the bedroom um, often stem from just a, a lack of knowledge and experience. Right. right. You know, and uh, a lot of Christian young people that are getting married, you know, they're getting married as virgins. They're not, you know, they have no experience. And so they often struggle when it comes to matters of their sexual relationship in the bedroom. And so there are actually Christian organizations, there are organizations outside of any religious preference that will help to kind of counsel you and give you advice when it comes to the physical side of your relationship and, and that affection. So as to make sure that you guys are continuing to grow together, you know, e even in that aspect, that's important in a marriage. I agree. And look, these are just the, the three major things that contribute to the 39%, you know, divorce rate in the United States right now. And the reason why we want to go over that is because again, you know, Kenzie and I are dedicated to helping people work through the issues in their marriage. And it's not just working through the issues. It's about, it's about doing that preventative maintenance. And you're going to hear that from us a lot because that's important. You wouldn't just drive your car and not change the oil and, you know, rotate your tires and do all the things that you're supposed to do. You wouldn't just drive it until it dies. You know, every once in a while, you got to go change the oil. You got to change out the fluids. You know, you got to get your brake pads changed. You know, you got to do a lot of maintenance to your vehicle. And if you're going to do it for your vehicle, you better do it for your marriage as well. Your marriage is the most important thing that, that you're involved in. Everything else is kind of, you know, it, it's secondary in a way. And so do that kind of, do your maintenance on your marriage. It will always need work and it can always use work. Absolutely. And as Kenzie so eloquently put, it's, it's just more tools that you get to put in your toolkit that further on down the line, the more you work on your marriage now, the stronger your marriage is going to be going down the line. And, and that's what we're aiming to do. We're helping couples. We want to help, we want to help married couples to achieve a, a stronger marriage. That is our desire. Yeah. A strong, successful marriage. Absolutely. All right. One of the strengths I would like to bring up in a marriage is keeping God in the relationship. Absolutely. Definitely having him a part of your relationship or I guess whatever belief you have, making sure you keep that between you guys and are always going back to that. Right. Uh, I mean, God is the rock upon which we find our, our strength our, our strength, and we find our safety. And it is one place that we know that we can go to when everything else is crumbling around us and we can find that safety. We can find answers. So the, sh the best thing that a married couple can do is spend time every single day, hand in hand, praying together, praying for one another, praying for strength in their marriage, praying for strength in their relationship with God. Because without God in between that marriage or in that marriage, um, you know, you're going to face a lot of things in life that are, are going to easily pull you and sway you. And when you have a strong relationship, when it's rooted in the foundation, that is your relationship with God, it's going to be a lot more difficult. And I mean, exponentially more difficult for things to come in between you and your spouse. I agree. Uh, that's, that's a fantastic point, Kenzie. And I, I'm glad you brought that up. The next one I would have to say can be a strength and a weakness if it, if it is not worked on and that's communication because if you are not constantly talking if you are not constantly trying to help one another out through that then that's definitely going to hinder your relationship absolutely and, and 
what she means by saying that it can be a strength and a weakness is that if, if you're not actively communicating with your spouse, you're hurting your relationship. Communication is absolutely the foundation of any good relationship, of any marriage, of any, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be a friendship. If you're not communicating with your friends, you know, then it, it, it's a fallout as well. Right. So if you're not communicating in your marriage, you don't have a stable foundation. That marriage is going to kind of implode. It's going to crumble in on itself. So communication is absolutely key. Yeah. And with that comes honesty. And you need to be able to communicate honestly and be able to go to your spouse and be honest about anything that's going on or feel like they can come to you and be honest. And you need to be open to that. Right. <clears throat> the, the, the worst thing that you can do in a marriage is create an air of, of to be unapproachable, I guess, in, in a sense where your spouse can't come to you and say, look, you know, there, there's a problem that I'd like to talk about. Right. Um, what we've seen or what you, you will see if you kind of look at it is that there are some relationships out there where they don't communicate because one or another person in that marriage, um, it's just unapproachable. You know, they don't want to talk about the problems that makes them uncomfortable and it, it can make them pretty upset, you know, when somebody wants to have an honest conversation. So you need to create a, an open communication within your marriage and encourage that honesty from your spouse. Say, look, if there's something that I'm doing that you don't like, or, or if you identify a problem that I don't see, I, I need you to bring that to us or bring it up so that we can, we can work through that. We can handle it. Right. Work through it together. Um, the next thing I would like to say is about intimacy, both in and out of the bedroom, because that's going to be definitely something as a strength that will always help build your relationship and then if you are lacking in that intimacy, it will hurt your relationship. Absolutely. And I think we kind of covered that with the divorce statistics when we're talking about intimacy in the bedroom. Um, that it, it, it's, a, it's a godly thing, first of all, for people you know, to, to understand. It is a godly thing for man and wife to be together in that physical aspect of their relationship and, in, and their marriage. Um, it, it is a way of a man and a woman you know, coming together as one and, and there's something special that happens when they do engage in that kind of activity in the bedroom and in the appropriate setting too. Um, but intimacy outside of the bedroom. And again, we discussed por portions of this in our first podcast, but yeah. intimacy outside of the bedroom is, uh, it's just as important. And that intimacy is, you know, doing, Keeping that attraction between one another outside of the bedroom. Absolutely. Keeping that, that attraction to one another outside of the bedroom. And, and what do you have any, any examples? I mean, cause that can. Um, yeah, well this kind of goes in with the next one too, but like dating inside the marriage, always like doing a little flirting or putting, putting their needs or thoughts above yours. Right. That is definitely always going to be attractive to the other person. So, yeah, let's talk about the dating aspect real quick, right? Mm -hmm. So before you get married, right, and you're in the dating phase, right, you're in the engagement phase, you're always, always thinking about that other person, right? You're always doing things to impress that other person. Yeah. 
And it seems like, you know, that couples, when they get married and kind of the honeymoon phase kind of wears off, they, they stop doing those little things, right? They stop the flirting, you know, the goofy looks from across the room or, you know, the, the playful kind of touching and, you know, uh, hand holding and, and other things that kind of made that relationship in the first place. Yeah. I believe that's what stops the honeymoon phase. And I don't, I think it's something that you can continue is if you keep doing those things and if you keep working towards that, if you keep flirting, if you keep trying to impress the other person, I definitely think you can stay in that honeymoon phase. Yeah. And, and, and definitely I, I agree with that. Um, it may not be as, honeymoon ish, but it's definitely going to be a a great way to continue that relationship versus, you know, just having a, a, a drop off after that first two years. Yeah. And, um, I mean, keep flirting. I I think it's just a a fantastic (laughs) aspect. And the reason why I say keep flirting is because, you know, the intimacy in the bedroom, the sexual portion of your marriage doesn't start in the bedroom. It starts with being attracted to your spouse, both mentally and physically. There, there's got to be that pull, that attraction, you know? So if you're throwing each other goofy looks or, you know, you're, you're goofing around, you know, it, it creates that, um, emotional connection. Definitely having a strong emotional connection going into the bedroom is definitely going to even make that experience even better as well. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. Um, part of this is kind of piggybacking off of it, but part of the dating is doing the little things. Mm-hmm. And by that, I just mean thinking of the other person, thinking of your spouse when you're out doing something, thinking of them, like whether it's like you going to the gas station and pick me up something and bringing me home a little treat or it doesn't even have to be financial doing a little something. If you don't have the finances to do that, that's fine. You can find something around the house to do. If your spouse is always doing like a certain chore. Yeah, dishes, laundry, right. something like that. Yeah, and then you can, if you take that on for them, I guarantee they will appreciate that and find you attractive for doing that. Absolutely. And, and like I said, you know, it's the little things that, create the big things right and and the little things become the big things so if you stop doing the little things it's going to start creating big problems and if you keep doing the little things it's going to keep bolstering keep strengthening your marriage and that just adds another pillar of to the structure of your marriage that's just gonna it's going to hold it all together better and uh just an example i you know kenzie did say you know about me going to the gas station i'll go to the gas station to pick up you know like a, a drink for the morning you know some water or something and she won't even have to ask me to get her anything. I'll go in there, I'll pick up, you know, her favorite drink and I'll, I'll pick up, you know, maybe a snack that she likes and I'll just bring it to her. You know, um, I do recall that she had asked me to go pick up a Kit Kat. <laughs> he came back she, with all the different kinds of Kit Kat they had. Well, well, first I, I forgot at one point oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> so the first time I forgot and the second time I went back, she she was like, Hey, will you, pick up the Kit Kat, And I was like, absolutely. So when I walked in there, the only thing in my mind was, you know, I'm going to make up for what I did last Kit time. Kat, Kit Kat, and Kit I got Kat. every flavor of Kit Kat they had on the shelf and I brought <laughs> it back to her. So, I mean, it is the little things and 
it's by doing those little things that, you know, it just raises that, that level of how much you adore that person and how much you, you know that that person is thinking about you and they love you. And that's the greatest part of it all. Yeah. I was going to say the same, knowing that the other person was thinking of you just makes you even feel better about that relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So never stop doing the little things and, and guys, I'm going to stress this to the men because I am a man Yes, Do not be are. afraid to jump in there and help your wife out with, you know, some of the things that she hates doing. I mean, jump in there, do the laundry. There is nothing that Kenzie likes more than, well, there are things that she likes more, but you know, it, it's great for her to see me get up and cook and do the dishes and, and pitch in and help in places where, you know, maybe I, I normally don't. Um, but just do the little things. I, I tell you what, that, that right there, that alone and communication is going to change a lot of things in your marriage. Yeah. And for the young women out there, and I know with quarantine, we've all been just sitting at home, not doing anything, not getting ready. Some but, of us. Yeah, some of us. Others are getting ready for the day. But if you just take the time to get ready to look nice, not only will you feel better, but your spouse will appreciate it too. Absolutely. And, and that's not to say that, you know, it's all about the looks, but look, let's not lie to ourselves and say that we're not visually stimulated people, right. right? Attraction is based on visual stimulus first. And then you yeah, get it's the first thing you yeah, notice. And then you become attracted to somebody's spirit, their mind, you know, and, and all the other things. So when both of you put the effort in to look nice for one another, it's definitely appreciated. Yeah. I think we've, uh, we've kicked that dog enough. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the next the one. The next one is do not keep score. Yeah, there, there's no benefit to keeping score in marriage. In order to strengthen your relationship, it's never a good idea to be like, well, I did this for you. What are you going to do for me? Right. And if you're, if you're just doing things around the house because you're trying to get a thank you or a pat on the back, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. You should be doing it because you want to do something nice for your spouse. Or just even for yourself. Or even for yourself. But what I'm, you know, what I'm saying is, is that if you're looking for a reaction, you shouldn't be. What you need to do is, and, and look, I get it. You know, everybody wants to, wants to be shown appreciation for the things that they do in their marriage. And that is absolutely a big deal. You guys should be talking back and forth saying, Hey, I appreciate everything that you do because you do a lot in this marriage, but you shouldn't be out there keeping score, waiting for that pat on the back. You know, you should just be out there doing those things because it's the right thing to do first of all. And it's, it's going to make a big big bit of difference to your uh, to your spouse and if you need that acknowledgement if you want the other person to say hey i good job doing this then you can always be the one to bring that up too and be like hey look i did this i would like what do you think or i would appreciate it if you would acknowledge this sometimes but that's- absolutely and i i will say this for myself i i am a i'm a doofus <laughs> I can walk into the house and Kenzie could rearrange the furniture. She could sweep mop. She could rearrange things on the counter. She could change up, you know, our bedroom. And I, I wouldn't even notice. Yeah. You or say sometimes I won't notice. You say that you're very observant, but I beg to differ. I'm observant when it needs to be observed, <laughs> but you know, she'll do something around the house and then, you know, I'll come home and I may be distracted from what's going on, you know, throughout the day and I'm thinking about other things and she'll just kind of bring it up like, Hey, have you seen the bathroom 
or hey, uh, or I'll look, toot at, my own look at what horn. I've done today. You know, she, she, it's not her necessarily tooting her own horn. I think it's more of, you know, she just wants to say like, hey, look at, look at all the stuff that I was able to get done today. And I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that when I go to work, you know, Kenzie is, she's doing things around the house to help maintain the house while I'm gone. Um, it can be super frustrating when one person in that relationship is going to work and the other one's kind of a stay at home, whether it's mom or dad or husband or wife, you know, however that goes. And, uh, you know, the, the spouse comes home from work and they walk in the door and nothing's changed, you know, and, and their spouse is still in their, in their, in their uh, pajamas or, you know, what they wore to bed or what they woke up in and they just really haven't done anything. You know, their hair's up, they're watching Oprah and, uh, (laughs) Uh, they've watched reruns of judge Judy, but nothing's gotten done around the house. And, and that's just, that's not good. I mean, everybody has, you know, those lazy days, but let's, you know, but every day can't be, yeah, a you, you can't make that a habit. You definitely got to put some effort into that. Yeah. But don't keep score. That's the point of this whole thing. Don't keep score. And don't, you know, when you get into an argument, don't bring that up. Don't, don't, pull out all of your, you know, your list of credentials, the things that you've done in that household, you know, I sweep, I mop, I do laundry, you yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. You, you don't need to do that. That's, that's beating your spouse down, um, by, by showing them how much you've done over them. And what you should be trying to do is you should be trying to uplift your spouse. You should be trying to lift them up. And if they're, if they're struggling at doing something that you may want them to do, try to encourage them. And, and that encouragement may work a little bit better. But uh, try to avoid, you know, bashing on them and and beating them down. Right. And if you're overwhelmed from the amount of stuff that you are doing, then communicate that. Let them know because they can't help fix that if they don't know that's an issue. Yeah. And one last thing I'd like to add to that is just remember to use a soft touch (laughs) when you're dealing with those. When you're dealing with those kind of things, you know, if you're going to have those conversations, uh, be very soft. Anyway, I'm moving on to the next one. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's compile these next two together because I, th- I think you can. Oh, yeah. Definitely being aware of each other's feelings and teamwork. Yeah. Working together is always going to be a big one. But not even just like working on household things, but standing united, having a united front and knowing each other's feelings on different situations and being able to work on that together. Absolutely. I, I don't know how there could be any confusion in the word teamwork, but <laughs> you and your spouse are absolutely a team. And let me tell you something. There are forces out there not too unfamiliar to you that are going to try to drive a wedge in your marriage. They're going to want you to play sides, play favorites. And you can't do that when you're married. You have to stand by your spouse through the good things, through the bad things. And, and that's in your vows. For most of us, that's in our vows, you mm-hmm. know, uh, for better or worse, for right. better or for worse. You know, I'm going to stick by you and we're going to, we're going to deal with this. And look, this doesn't mean that people don't go out there and don't make mistakes. You know, there are plenty of couples out there that have gone through divorces. They've gone through some really rough things and not everybody is a, a marriage expert from day one. And so, you know, we're not judging people on that basis. What we're saying is that there's always an opportunity to learn, to learn to work together with your spouse and teamwork is, is going to be a massive part of it. Don't let anything come between your team. Yeah, definitely. You can't, you can't be a strong team if you're letting the little things work in between you guys. 
Right. And, and being aware of each other's feelings, I feel like goes into communication. If, if you don't have good communication, you're not going to be able to be aware of your, your partner's feelings or your spouse's feelings. Yeah. So you definitely need to make communication a priority and really knock out that honesty and, you know, being aware of each other's feelings, so on and so forth, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, as far as letting anyone come between you guys, you just, even if you at first don't agree about someone or what somebody is saying, if you talk that out and then you're able to work through that together, that'll definitely be better than one person trying to figure that out on their own. You're talking about your spouse? Like if, if you're... No, like if somebody... Somebody from outside, outside, outside of, outside yeah. of your relationship, outside of your marriage. Yeah. Um, I've seen scenarios where, you know, in-laws or other family members try to get involved in somebody's marriage when they, when they want to put in their two cents to or say friends. that somebody or friends, yeah, it doesn't have to be family and we're not calling anybody out here. So I want to make that, I want to make that especially clear, but it, it has happened in relationships where family members or friends want to point out flaws with your spouse or they want to point things out to you to try and, and I don't, maybe not try to create strife, but that's exactly what they're going to do is they're going to create strife. And if you don't defend and, and protect your, your spouse from those things, it, it can create a lot of problems. Now that's not to say that your spouse is always going to be perfect right. and that they're not going to make mistakes. But again, you know, knowing when it's appropriate to approach them and say, look, I, I don't necessarily agree with your point of view on this. And I think that we should have a serious conversation and let's Work come, yeah, let's come to an accord on this, but I'm, I'm not going to publicly shame my wife. I'm not going to do that. Well, so, I hope not. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't, but you know, that's important because there are people out there that may, you know, they may be like, well, you know, our friends are right. You know, you're, you're absolutely wrong about this. And, you know, and start dogging on their wife or their husband. And that, that creates problems, right? Because you're, you're, you're attacking the person that you're supposed to be defending. Right. You're attacking the person that you decided to spend the rest of your life with. And that, that achieves nothing. That's right up there with never keeping score. Yeah. Don't attack your spouse. Soft touches. <laughs> Know how to approach them and, and do so in a, in a gentle manner and one that's not going to make them feel attacked. Or even if they do feel attacked, say, listen, we have to have this tough conversation. I want you to know that I'm not doing this because I want to hurt you. I'm doing this because I care about you and I, I want to see us strengthen this portion of our marriage. Yeah, let's and try and improve it. Absolutely. So I, that covers a lot of the bigger topics that we were looking to, to um, talk about. And, um, you know, when, when the conversation comes to, you know, what could always be worked on, I mean, really communication, intimacy, honesty, and teamwork. Those are all things that are major categories within your marriage that could always be worked on. Like I said, preventative maintenance, use those tools that we are giving you that you're putting in your toolkit and exercise those on a regular basis. Because if you're going to do it and every other thing that you do in your life, you certainly have to do it in your marriage. Your marriage requires a high level of attention because it is the most precious thing that you have. Oh, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, that, that really is it. I think we, we've covered a lot of the major topics and listen, Kenzie and I, 
may not cover everything that you might expect to hear or there are subjects that you want to hear more about. And so that's why I'm saying hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what what we're not talking about that you want to hear. And if we can fit it into one of our shows, we'll definitely do it. Uh, we're, we're not opposed to getting feedback from our listeners. Actually, I think that's something that we, we really, truly desire. We want to get to know you. We want to know, you know, what, what's going on in your relationship that, you know, you could possibly use some advice for. And the only thing that I can say about this is that it makes all of us better. When we all work together, when we all help to, you know, work and, and give each other advice where things have worked in our marriage versus, you know, other marriages, it definitely helps to build stronger relationships for everybody involved. So we want to hear from you. And again, that that's going to be on Twitter at exploration mar one. Again, that's exploration mar one. And then on Facebook, again, you can look us up, you can check out our page. That's going to be exploration marriage. Uh, come and like, like our page, join our page. Um, and uh, you'll, you'll get lots of great information there. You'll always be up, up in the know. Uh, you'll, you'll know when content is coming out. You can be up on, on the conversation. You can ask us questions, send us messages, and we'll always answer. Uh, yep, there's not, free. <laughs> yeah, there, there's not been a person who has sent us a message that we haven't answered yet. And uh, we're not too famous. <laughs> no. Last thing, uh, again, I do want to plug the Patreon page. Uh, we're not we're not begging, we're not panhandling out here, but we would, you know, if you feel it necessary to go to Patreon and join one of the monthly tiers, uh, you can do so for about 10 bucks a month, which is about what you would pay or a little less than what you'd pay for a uh, Netflix subscription. And let me tell you something, we're giving you much better content than Netflix (laughs) will ever give you higher quality. And it's going to be more useful to you down the road. So if you want to go and uh, join one of those monthly tiers, that would you know, that, that'll help out the show. That'll help out with future content. And, uh, you'll, you'll be able to get access to things that, uh, other people who are not subscribed to our Patreon are, are not going to be able to get. So just another, another, uh, media platform where you can come and find us. And again, you can listen to this podcast on most of, or if not all of your favorite, uh, podcast hosting services. We're on Apple podcast, Google podcast, we're on Twitcher. We're on um, I think it Amazon. Stitcher. Oh, yeah, Stitcher. Sorry, not Twitcher. <laughs> we're on <laughs> Stitcher. Uh, we're, on, uh, we're on a lot of the, the major podcast hosting services. So if you can't find us on one, try us on another. I guarantee you're going to find us. Uh, and, and there, please subscribe, you know, leave a, leave a comment, you know. Um, help us get to know you. Yeah. Help us get to know you help us, help us to get this word about, you know, fixing marriages and, and giving other people the, the, the tools that we're trying to put out there, help us grow, help us grow our audience because the, the goal is to get that 39% divorce rate, uh, as, as low as possible in as single digits if we can. And that may seem like we're aspiring for way too much, but I tell you what, you know, we aim high. We, we, we shoot for the stars. Absolutely. So, um, I think that about wraps up the, the main, uh, content for this podcast. I do believe there was one last thing, Kenzie. Yeah. I just wanted to touch base about why we feel like this is important information for you guys and definitely seeing outside relationships and people who have been together 30 plus years or 
just those who you know have a good, strong relationship, we encourage you to take the steps to be just like that. Yeah, listen, uh, there are plenty of places where you can take inspiration. You can get information. You can get counseling. There are, you know, people, you know, older couples in your church that have been married for, you know, 40, 50 years. It's always a great idea to sit down with those people that have had successful marriages and ask them, ask them the simple question, what made your marriage so successful? What did you do throughout your marriage that, you know, we can apply to our marriage that's going to help us be successful in the future. And I guarantee you, you're not going to hear anything you haven't heard before, but it's always great to get that perspective from people that have been successful, have the experience. Absolutely. I I always encourage people to reach out and talk to people that have more experience than you that are, are where you want to be because they're going to, they're going to teach you how to lay out a, a, a path to get to that same point. And if you heed their advice, if you take their advice and you apply it to your own marriage, to your own life, there's no way you can't be successful. You would have to be absolutely negligent in your marriage in order for you to not be successful. Definitely. I think that's a great, great thing. Yeah, definitely reach out and look at, at other relationships and seek out those people. Don't be afraid to ask them because I guarantee you they're going to they're gonna be happy to talk to you. Absolutely. Um, especially if you're wearing a mask and keeping a six-foot distance, yes. at least for right now. <laughs> but uh, far away. <laughs> ask those questions. <laughs> uh, look, we appreciate, again, we appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast. You are the reason why we do it. Uh, as well as other people out there who have not heard the sound of our voices yet, but I know they are dying to. So help us get the word out. And uh, we, we appreciate everything about you guys coming and listening and supporting this uh, podcast. We enjoy doing this and we hope that you enjoy it as much. Yeah, it, it brings absolute joy to our lives and we look forward to doing it every week. And, and again, this is going to be once a week um, for the podcast. And as of right now, it's going to be done on Friday nights. We're going to upload and you'll have that content to kind of mull it over over the weekend and think about it all week until you get to the next podcast. So um, I hope everybody's had a blessed week uh, up, up to this point, and I hope that you have another blessed week ahead of you. I hope that you guys uh, really uh, take the advice that we're, we're giving you here and really mull it over and apply it to your relationships. We wish you the best of luck. Absolutely. And, uh, We'll see you next week. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. We're signing off.